get ready because we're back. On this episode of BTS, Erica and I talk about where the heck we have been for the last year. And we talk about all our thoughts about what BTS has been up to for the past year. So we hope you're excited to come along with us because we're excited to finally catch up with you guys. Let's get it. We're back. Hi. It's been a while. No, it's just been like a year. Happy two-year anniversary. (laughs) Happy two-year anniversary. I think the last time we talked to you guys, it was our one-year anniversary. We may have some new listeners, and if you're new, hello, welcome to the podcast. If you're not new um, in everything, as Molly just said, we have been gone for a while. But before we do that, maybe we should just like, maybe we should introduce ourselves. I was going to say, yeah, maybe let's reintroduce ourselves in case we have any new listeners. Uh, I am Molly. And I am Erica. We are two army friends. Uh, We met, oh my gosh, it was like over three years ago now. Yeah, I think and almost four. Wow. And yeah, this is our podcast about two friends who are also BTS Army talking about BTS. Erica actually introduced me to BTS and I fell deep into the rabbit hole immediately. And here we are two years later um, doing a podcast about BTS. And it's two years exactly. We're recording this on our two-year ARMY anniversary. And the reason I call this our ARMY anniversary is because Molly was ARMY from the moment she heard BTS. (laughs) She was fully invested. For me, it took me about maybe a year and a half or so, maybe about a year around that to like kind of like let myself dive fully in and it was Molly's like jumping off the cliff into (laughs) the ocean that is BTS that I was like well she's jumping off the cliff I'm gonna do it too (laughs) and it really is I've never been into anything like this before and it is different sharing it with people so I imagine if I would have found them on my own I would have been more like you that I would have kind of been like a closet BTS (laughs) army (laughs) I guess we can say that um but having someone to share it with really it makes a lot of difference and we've made so many friends throughout the podcast and throughout our BTS journey and it just makes it more fun and um interesting and more meaningful so I'm really happy we have shared on this journey together and this is our official anniversary that's just made our friendship even better I think um over the last three or four years and yay happy anniversary happy army anniversary and yeah it's just crazy to think about our journey and everything and it's 
also so much fun to be back here <laughs> two years later. Not two years from the last time we recorded, <laughs> but... <laughs> Hasn't been that long. It's only been a year. <laughs> it's only been a year, but that's a long time. And we we were kind of coming, you know, together. And we'll get into where we've been this past year. But before we do, as we were bringing back the podcast and everything, we're, we were like, should we just like come back to your, you know, on our second anniversary and be like, so <laughs> we're back. Exactly. Because our last podcast episode is named one year of BTS. And so I was like, should we just be like two years of BTS? <laughs> <laughs> yes. You know, some podcasts publish every week, every month. We do once a year. <laughs> I mean, that sets us apart from other podcasts, right? Yeah. But <laughs> but anyway, no, we plan on being back more than just like once a year. So um, we didn't want to come back until we felt like we can like really fully be here. A lot of you will know why we've been gone a year. And the biggest thing was that I moved to Korea last summer uh, to teach English. And um, we talk in some of our other episodes about that and my first like foray into Korea and my first month, maybe month and a half in Korea. So that was our biggest reason why we have been out and we just want to tell you kind of where both of us have been and just touch a little bit about my time in Korea and then what Erica was up to during our hiatus as well. And we will be talking also about like the things that we didn't talk about in the past year, some highlights about BTS. So we'll include that like those in the show notes if you want to just get to the fully only bts part especially for people who are new and don't know us yet um we will be talking about some bts but some of this will be just about like why we haven't been recording what molly's year in korea was like i can't believe you already lived a full year in korea, in korea. So we'll get into that part, but check our show notes to see where the like just fully BTS stuff starts. Perfect. All right, let's get into it. Let's get it. Let's get it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so as a lot of you know, and as we've mentioned, I moved to Korea to teach English. Um, this was just kind of not, well, I guess it was random, but Erica really was, you're the one that pushed me into doing it. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> you kind of like live vicariously through me in some ways and vice versa. <laughs> like, I don't know. There's certain things like you do that I'm like, oh, I want Erica, like I want to do that. And then the other way around. So Erica's like, okay, Molly has this opportunity. Go, go to Korea. So I did. Um, and it was the best experience of my life. Um, it doesn't feel like it was a year. Um, I remember telling you at what, like the three month mark that I was like, I was homesick. I was like, oh, I really just want to go home. Um, and that was around the holidays. And so that was after our last episode that we published. So my first like month and a half was very like, oh my gosh, like overstimulating. I'm in another country. It's so pretty here, like doing things. 
And then the holidays hit and it was kind of like, um, I don't know anyone here other than my teachers at my school. Um, and I was in a city, like a smaller city than Seoul. Um, and it was very spread out, not super rural, um, but a little more rural. I cannot say that word, um, rural. And so I wasn't around like a ton of people and not a lot of people spoke that much English in my city. So it was very isolating, but I got past that little hump and then the rest of my time in Korea just like flew by. And um, oh, by the way, I'm back in the States. (laughs) I don't think we even mentioned that I moved back a little over a month, but it's like just a few days past my one month of being back in the States. And so as Erica had mentioned, we wanted to kind of get back into a place where we can, um, can record. So I am back in the States. One thing that our podcast definitely has brought us, I mentioned earlier, were some friends. And I was actually able to meet up with one of our listeners from Australia. So I am from Texas in the United States. I was living in Korea. And I was able to meet with one of our listeners from Australia in Korea. And we met up in Seoul and we got to go to the BTS pop-up shop. And that was so cool. They had it decorated um, for Christmas. So we went in December and it was all like decorated for the holidays. It was just really cool. Because I know, um, did you get to go to any of the pop-up shops on tour last year? I did not. Okay, so we went to the pop-up shop in New York, and it was really cool, like, with different little, like, sets and things and, like, little merchandise, but this pop-up shop was just, like, on another level. Um, There was stuff everywhere. There were big, like, LED screens, like, playing music videos. Um, There was just merchandise, like, everywhere. Um, I think it was, like, four floors. (laughs) And on the, there were different like rooms and there was this big set. Um, and I shared some of those pictures on my personal Instagram. So you could kind of follow me along on my adventures in Korea. Um, and then um, we also got to go to the old Big Hit building. So their original building where BTS, after they were trainees and they first were a group, um, where their company was. And it's so cool. Like they better never tear this building down or paint over it because the walls are just covered in notes from ARMY. It's just like this whole BTS wall and there's people like drew things and a lot of like BT21 characters. Um, ARMY is very talented, by the way. I cannot draw at all. Um, I wrote my name somewhere on the wall, but it was really cool and just kind of an interesting and different experience to be able to walk around and in the city and see where that was and to think that BTS used to like walk into this building every day and that was just a really cool experience and especially to be able to share it with someone that I met through our podcast and yeah yeah no it's it's exciting to hear you know your reflections on it we were in touch while you were in Korea so like 
I kind of got to experience some of these things as it was happening. But it's very interesting to hear about it, like, all kind of, like, summed up, you know? Um, especially since that was kind of closer to more of the beginning of your experience and everything. But, yeah, like, it's unfathomable to me to think that, like, you really did live there. You were in the same building as BTS. Like, I'm just... I think it's hitting me now as we're recording <laughs> this. Not that you were in Korea, obviously, I know that. But, like, the fact that we, st- we you know, you were, came over to my house, you were visiting me. We watched BTS randomly, which they were just in my, like, YouTube history as you, like. You watched into- BTS <laughs> randomly, and you tried to hide it when I came back <laughs> in. <laughs> I did. Okay, what people need to understand is that. The video that was like suggested or open was there like <laughs> the go go Halloween dance practice. Yeah, so I was just like, uh, like, have you ever heard of this Korean group called BTS? And then that's like on the screen. I'm like, maybe this isn't the best video to start with. But Molly was like, I want to know. <laughs> but the funny thing is, I know I've mentioned this in like every other episode that we talk about this that's one of my favorite videos now and that was the first dance that I learned and I used that video to learn the dance and that was the first video that I was exposed to of BTS and Erica said she's like oh this isn't what they normally are like let me show you another video but the funny thing is that is exactly what they're normally like <laughs> is that video. And that's what I fell in love with is their like quirkiness and how fun they are and like their personalities and stuff. So that is exactly who they are from where we started to me living in Korea. Like it's, it's weird. It's yeah, really weird. It's so crazy. And, you know, now you have a year's worth of experiences and yeah, I mean, one of the things Molly Molly, this was Molly's first time living abroad. Like, I say that, like, everybody has at least (laughs) one. (laughs) Since I've done it so many times. (laughs) But um, I have done it a few times. (laughs) You can't not sound pretentious, but um, I have done it a few times. But, like, one of the things is that, like, it's such... I mean, you have a year, 365 days or so of experiences, you know, and they're so full. So even with us trying to kind of like catch you guys up on like a year in the life, it's like, I mean, think about BTS. They put out a full like 10 DVD set of like what they've done in a year. And while they've done way more than we have, it's hard to like capture that. Like, how do you measure a year in the life? You know, uh, rent. Um, Anyway. (laughs) So I'm getting, I'm getting off track or off track, but what I wanted to say is that like, it's just so hard to even like come up with like what to even cover. So I guess maybe if you guys have any questions or anything, um, you can also submit them and we can like answer them either, either on like social media or like another segment of a follow-up episode or something like that. Yeah, that would be great. Send us, um, send us an email. We'll put any ways for you guys to um, connect with us in our show notes, um, send a message on Instagram or email, and then we can, yeah, either respond to you there or have a 
little ask us segment and we can answer any questions or I can whatever about living in Korea if you have any specific questions. Um, it's a good idea. Yes, but as Molly said, she taught English and the thing about it is it was really, really busy. So in addition to us being on like a 16 hour time difference, (laughs) she also had like no free time really. That's another reason why we weren't really able to record the podcast. You know, she just really wanted to be present to what she was there for, which was to teach the youth of South Korea, <laughs> the little baby BTSs before they become BTS. Oh my gosh, definitely baby BTSs because I had students that love BTS and girls and boys. So that was very refreshing to see um, because in the States and in our little like bubble of BTS, it's all girls. Um, and there were a few guys that we met, I think at some of the concerts that we went to, or like you would see guys at the movies, but it always seemed like maybe they were with their wife or their girlfriend or their sister. Um, but to see so many boys actually interested in BTS and they look up to them. Um, I had a student that would always give me little like stickers and I have some stickers I put on my phone that he gave me. Um, and Mike drop is his favorite song. And Aww. yes. And we would always do like the little dance and like, he would stay after class a little bit and be like, Oh teacher. And he would like hand me a little BTS thing or, um, he would show me a picture on his phone and I was like, Oh look. And so I would show him pictures on my phone. And, um, that was really, really fun to see but yeah like I think that was the biggest disappointment was not being able to continue the podcast um so I think our hopes were that I was going to be like immersed in BTS basically living in their country and that we would be able to continue recording and I would be able to talk about my experiences live basically or as they happened But I was working like 60 hours a week um, and then I was just exhausted on the weekends. And honestly, like I didn't even get to (laughs) explore and experience as much as I wanted to um, because of that. And, you know, I had no idea how the work culture was going to be and how, um, you know, how taxing it really was was going to be. And then when the virus hit Korea, um, you know, we, I was in Asia when it hit. And so that really affected my homework life as well. Um, my center actually ended up closing in the city I was living in. And, um, I, think it was heading in that direction um, but the virus really like pushed it to end up closing but that gave me an opportunity uh, to actually move to Seoul so I was able to live in the capital city um, of Korea the last four months I think um, that I was in Korea so that was an (laughs) experience in and of itself but it was you know even more overstimulating being in Seoul on top of still having the same work life. And so I was trying to force myself to go out after the virus kind of slowed down in Korea a little bit to be able to experience things. Um, Cause for a few months there, like I really didn't leave my apartment. And that was really upsetting that I was in this beautiful country that I wanted to experience the culture and 
you know, the beauty of it. And I couldn't because of the virus. And um, I did get, there's a lot of things I got to do and I'm very grateful for every experience that I had and all the friends that I made and I will definitely go back. So I know that I didn't miss out on anything because it will always be there for me to go see, you know, I guess the only regret is that we didn't get to continue the podcast while I was there, but we're here now and everything happens for a reason. And I think this is the perfect timing for us to come back. So I totally agree too. I I think so. Plus now you can kind of maybe look back with a sense of perspective too. And that could be interesting too. And I'm sure that it'll inform and come out when we speak about other things like going forward. So mm-hmm. um, you, you know, you have this unique experience that it would ha- is life changing. And that's such a funny thing because it's just like, in some ways it's like, Oh, where have we been in the past year? And in some ways, things are the same. And in some ways, the world and our lives are so different. But different. Um, and I'm sure that'll be reflected in, like, our conversations and stuff. So, but yeah, it's just so hard to, like, you know, encapsulate a year. But we'll we'll pepper it in throughout the rest of our lives. Let's be real. <laughs> I mean, I still... Whenever I watch freaking BTS perform, I still think about V looking me in the eye. In the eye? Yeah. That sound check. I mean, what if he, like, what if we actually got to meet him and he was like, oh, I remember you from five years ago in Chicago at Soundcheck? He, he would. I say, I'm not saying he would. It's just like. <laughs> I don't know if he will, but like I was trying to like think of him saying it in his like voice, like off the wall. Okay, that's such a horrible (laughs) impression. But they have said in the past, like that they remember Army and like whenever they were able to do fan signs and stuff, like the lucky K Army that have been able to go to multiple, they're like, oh, I remember you. And like they remember people's faces so you never know I mean I hope so or maybe I shouldn't like I think about Dionysus and even though I wasn't close when I was (laughs) (laughs) freaking out over that which that is more of a we went to the speak yourself love yourself or love yourself speak yourself tour we went I'm saying we went to all the shows in America Uh, that they had for that tour and if you go back in our archives you can listen to like our experience with that but they had a sound check and that's where we made eye contact with like J-Hope and V but at a different concert the very first one that we went to um, and I call back to this all the time is uh, they opened with the song Dionysus and I lost Lost it. I was one of those people that you, you know how you always see those like old concert specials of like the Beatles or Michael Jackson or something. And they show like the hysterical people and you're like, wow, those people are really losing it. It's like, that was me. (laughs) (laughs) I, and so my, my boyfriend is, he's actually army too. He's a, he's official army now. Um, But he's army too. And so he was at the concert with me, obviously and everything, but he was like, whenever we talk about it, he's like, I honestly didn't know what to do. He's like, (laughs) 
I don't know. I didn't know how to help you. I was like, what should I? <laughs> He's like, she doesn't act like this normally. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe they were there. So honestly, if I had gone to Korea, I don't know, with you or something, in your suitcase, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but if I had gone as well, I would have lost it because I would have been like, they they walked here and they lived here and they ate here and they did this. Because I know you went to that pizza laundry place, right? Yeah, um, we went to Laundry Pizza. Um, it's so cute. So the cashier asked Army and we were like, yeah. And so they give you, she gave us like little stickers with BTS on it and stuff. Um, and it was actually really good. Uh, I had some mac and cheese pizza with some bacon on it. Oh, it was really good. But they uh, did a concept photo shoot at Laundry Pizza. Um, and then we went to um, the day we went to the pop-up shop in the Big Hit building we went and ate at the restaurant where they used to go when they were trainees um, that they went to like every day. It was delicious and it was covered in pictures of them. Like the wall is just basically like wallpapered and BTS stuff. Um, the ceiling, like there's not an inch that's uncovered in that place. It's all BTS. And then the most random thing. So those were planned. Um, <laughs> after I moved to Seoul, so my one of my co-teachers, um, she's like, hey, I found this burger place and it's called, uh, was it New York Burger? Um, and we're like, okay, so let's go to this burger place. And Seoul has great Western food, by the way. So we get to this burger place and our other friend wasn't feeling well and it was a little hot inside. So we're like, oh, let's go. There's some tables outside. Um, it had been raining, so it was kind of cool. We're like, all right, let's sit outside the guy brings us our food and like, I'm just sitting there and I turn around and there was a little chalkboard sign outside. And when we had walked up, it just had said like New York burger or whatever. And then I turned in my seat and on the sign, it says BTS. And then it says RM and it says like RM was here or something. And it had the date. So Kim Namjoon ate at that place. Like, 2018, I'm sorry. Did I say 2008? Oh, <laughs> I don't know. 2008. When he was in elementary school. <laughs> that wouldn't surprise me, though, that someone said, like, oh, when BTS was, like, a baby, they came here. Um, it was, like, in 2018. So, like, two years previous, uh, RM had eaten at this burger place. Um, and it was delicious. It was really good. And I never got to go back because we went kind of like in between when the virus like had settled there and then before it came back and then we weren't able to go back to it. But that was the most random, like just coming across this random place that Namjoon had been to um, two years before that he had eaten at. So that was. Oh, I was just gonna say, what if it had been like two years, like, well, I guess maybe not exactly, because now is exactly to your army date, so never mind. But I was going to say, <laughs> what if it had been two years before, like, you had known a BTS, and, like, it's just, like, you know, in the universe, and the stars, and the microcosmos. But mm, since today's two years, never mind. <laughs> yeah, this was, yeah, in the spring, so. Spring day. That's crazy, Molly. Like, I I still can't believe you were living in Korea, and okay, this is a question I think if I were a listener, I'd be curious about. I know the answer, and I also know my answer to this, but 
Would you say that you're fluent in Korean now? Um, no, not even close. Um, but I understand it way better than I did when I got there. So a lot of you know, like I tried to start learning Korean before I went just so I wasn't like, what is going on? Mm-hmm. Um, so I knew a lot of words, but I couldn't put like sentences together. And when I listened to it, it's still like, I would only pick out random words that I knew. Um, but once being exposed to it a little bit more, uh, you get to know like certain phrases because you get in your routine of like going to the grocery store and um, going to like going to the store to buy some things. And then they ask you different things like, do you want your receipt? Like, do you need a bag? And when they tell you how much things are and stuff like that. So you're constantly exposed to certain phrases over and over. Um, and obviously like hello and goodbye and um, different different things that you do all the time. And I started maybe six months or so into it, like really understanding it a lot more. Um, Cause I had to, when I lived in Chuncheon because no one really, they probably spoke English, but they were like, no, I'm not going to speak English. I'm just going to speak Korean, even though we know you probably don't speak it. Um, but in Seoul, basically everywhere you go, someone speaks English in businesses. So because it's such an international place, Um, so many foreigners live in Seoul. It was a little harder actually to speak Korean all the time in Seoul because they would see a foreigner just like immediately speak English. So I always would try to answer them in Korean and I'm definitely not remotely fluent, but um, there's certain phrases and things that I can say and I definitely understand it a lot better than I did, but I don't speak it very well still. Like if you're watching anything with BTS, like do you understand like small things when like live or anything? I need to start watching more things again without subtitles um, because they started doing, well, Yoongi started doing this, um, his Honey FM live radio show on VLive and just doing voice instead of doing like a VLive where they show video. So he, um, that was one thing he started doing during quarantine um, is doing this radio show once a week and um, he would have different guests on it, which they were always BTS. So he would have a different member um, <laughs> as like his guest or whatever. It was, I'm trying to think, it was before Dynamite came out, they all were on the show, but he introduced like each one separately. So like each member came on, like talked a little bit. And then uh, by the end, all of them, all seven were on there. And uh, they were all like introducing a different thing and like topic they were talking about. And then V actually was the one to get to say when their new single was coming out. And I was listening, it was late at night, um, and I was in Korea, obviously, and I was just listening to it, trying to go to sleep, and I started under, like, I understood what he said. Like, I knew what they were talking about, their single, and then he, like, said the date that it was coming out, and I was like, oh, like, I know, like, I know what he just said, so I was aware (laughs) of what they were talking about when Dynamite was coming out. Some of my other, some of our other friends, like, were messaging me 
and they were sending me like the translations and I'm like, oh yeah, I already know because I understood what they said. And that was kind of my first like, oh, this is really cool. Like I am understanding what they say, but it's hard because when I watch videos, like when I watch In the Soup or Run BTS, like I have the subtitles on. And so I automatically just, my eyes are drawn to the subtitles and I just read them instead of listening to what they say. So I need to start watching everything without the subtitles. So I can make sure that I am keeping up with that and being able to understand still. That's so exciting that like you get to like understand like V's secret message for you. No, (laughs) (laughs) like that's so cool to like understand something in their own like native tongue, you know, like that's just like so incredible and oh one thing I wanted to say before I forgot is that the town that you lived in Chunchin tell people a little fun fact related to BTS about that so Chunchin is about an hour and a half or so outside of Seoul um, by subway and you can take the train um, and it takes about an hour Um, but as I was saying earlier it's a little bit more rural and there's a big river that runs through Chunchen and it's very, um, there's a lot of little mountains and like nature trails and hiking and it's very um, nature friendly. And um, on this lake, there's a lot of um, like what we, they're called pensions in Korea, but what we would call like lake houses basically in the States um, that you can rent or, you know, buy or whatever. And BTS actually shot in the soup, um, the house that they were in and stayed in and on the lake is in Chunchen. Um, sadly, they shot it after I moved from Chunchen. Um, but we have those ties. I lived in Chunchen and they shot in the soup in Chunchen. That's so exciting and so sad. <laughs> <laughs> so sad i mean it's not like chunchun is actually like the area is really big so where they shot it was like pretty far from where i lived anyway (laughs) so i probably would never have seen them even if i would have lived in chunchun at the time but still oh well like we said if you have any questions for molly in korean no i'm just kidding um no (laughs) but if you have any questions for molly about her time in korea or anything like that yeah just like hit us up through the contact information in the show notes and like we said we'll find a way to answer it whether it's on the show or to you directly or anything like that so yeah fun times Oh, and by the way, just for the record, um, I am not fluent in Korean either. (laughs) (laughs) I do know some words. um, And every once in a while, like when I'm watching them do their like little, uh, I don't know why I'm saying little, but like doing interviews or something, I'll catch a word or two here or there and I'll be like, oh my gosh, I'm totally fluent. No, (laughs) really, it's like, and, and I'm fine, you know, and I'm just like, "Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm." (laughs) mm-hmm, (laughs) mm-hmm. So there you go. Every every word counts though. It does. It all adds up. It does. And also like, 
here's my update for the year, right? Because <laughs> yeah, like, I was going to say, I, well, what were you up to over the last year, Erica? My life was pretty much the same besides the pandemic <laughs> and quarantine and everything, which, you know, is kind of a global thing. So I'm sure, you know, everyone can relate to that part of your life being different. And, you know, I live in California, so we're... While things are opening up somewhat, you know, that's more of like a personal choice with like the way that the numbers are still here. So I'm pretty much still on lockdown and living my life the way that I have been since, you know, end of February, March or so. But what I was going to say about Korean is like, um, I kind of came to a place with my Korean studies, and I use studies loosely, um, (laughs) that I'm just going to treat it as like a hobby. I think I was like putting some pressure on myself, like, I should learn this, I should know this. And because I've learned other languages, and I even have a foreign language as, you know, one of my majors in college, I thought like, oh, I'm really going to throw down when it comes to Korean if I just put the time in. But, and, you know, I really want to understand BTS, but um, I just realized, you know what? Learning a language is like, <laughs> let me get convoluted here. <laughs> Learning language is like if you're trying to, like, get healthy in your life, right? It's not like an overnight process. It's a mm-hmm. lifestyle thing. It's something that you don't learn overnight or really quickly. You can, but it's kind of like the equivalent of, like, let me go to the gym for 10 hours a day you know, five days a week and then just be done. Like it doesn't work like that. So you just kind of have to incorporate it. So that's kind of my new approach to it. And it's just like, I'm just going to have fun with it because there's no need for me to like be fluent in Korean um, beyond just wanting to understand BTS more. And while that's a goal that I have and I definitely want to do, I'm just not going to put like pressure on myself or rush myself. And I just want to have fun with it. And once I kind of had that mindset, I felt like I was actually like learning a lot more that way. So, yeah. And I, um, I have a friend that I met in Korea and she was an English teacher at a, um, at a public school and she basically is fluent in Korean and she's American. Um, but she's been studying Korean for like seven years and she also is, very good with languages and Korean is like her fourth language. Um, so she's fluent in Spanish. Um, English is her first language, Spanish. Um, I think maybe German and then Korean. Um, but her, like she's been in Korea for two years and she wants to stay even longer. Um, but she's afraid if she comes back to the States, even though she's really great with languages that she'll lose her Korean because living in Korea, like she's forced to speak it every day. Um, and she has more opportunities. So it is, it's like, you have to keep up with it. You can't just learn the alphabet and learn how to say the words and then expect to be fluent in it. Like you have to do it every day. You have to be exposed to it. You have to be in it. Um, And if you don't really need it, then that's really hard to do. Um, If you just want it as something to like aid you, like you said, in understanding BTS, um, then it's, it's a lot harder to put that dedication and that focus because you don't need a grade for it. You know, you're not in school, so you don't have to like pass a class um, to learn it. You're just wanting to do this for fun. Um, And if you put too much stress or pressure, then it, 
ends up not being fun. Um, and then you're just like, ah, I don't want to learn this. It's not fun. I don't want to have to study Korean today. Um, so yeah, if you do it just as a hobby, then maybe you'll learn it even faster or better because you'll be enjoying it. Yeah. And enjoyment is like such a huge thing. And I guess it's like the difference between thinking of it as like a marathon race, right? Like you're like, I want to do a marathon in my life. And maybe you trying to do it like once versus like, I'm a runner, you know, mm-hmm. and it's just like, okay, this is just a part of my life now. And so that's kind of like my kind of new mindset. And it's just like, it's just all fun. It's all bonus. Like they translate so many things so fast now. Mm-hmm. Part of the reason when we first became army two years ago today, mm-hmm. um, you know, there wasn't as much stuff that was translated as fast. So, you know, I was like, I have to learn Korean. Like, I need to learn Korean. And while I still want to, being fluent in language, and especially when that has way different, like, grammar structure and all these other things, is, it takes time. So, mm-hmm. I'm just giving everybody out there encouragement. But maybe, you know, in the future, we can do an episode kind of talking about that, too, because BTS did release their whole, like, learn with learn Korean with BTS line and they're trying to kind of do more in that realm. And I feel like we have a lot to say about like maybe the process of learning. And I just realized as we were like talking about it, that I could really go into this like for a long time, but we're going to be still talking about a lot of things in this episode. (laughs) So maybe that's another segment in a different episode for another day, but. (laughs) Yes. Well, do we want to get onto some. BTS things? So yeah, let's get on to some BTS stuff. So what we kind of wanted to do in this segment, we're calling it, I'm just making this name up right now, by the way, too. Please, <laughs> please. I'm I'm ready for this. We're calling it what we missed. <laughs> no, I don't like that. But what <laughs> you missed, <laughs> what we didn't talk about for the last year. That's what we're gonna call it. What we <laughs> didn't talk about for the last year in BTS. So Basically, this segment is self-explanatory, but we're going to be talking about some of the major events that happened over the past year that we didn't really get a chance to talk about on the podcast. We're not going to go fully in-depth the way that we would have gone, because that would be like two hours per topic. I was going to say, yeah, oh, well, oh, yeah, two hours per topic. I was going to say like a five-hour long podcast, but no, yeah, you're right. Two hours per topic is probably more on brand for us. So we're going to try to just condense these conversations because we have um, a few points that we just wanted to mention that kind of stood out to us over the past year. We're kind of lucky in the sense that around the time that we were doing our podcast or that we were going on our hiatus and Molly was moving to Korea, BTS was taking a break. Mm -hmm. Um, And so they were kind of just like, you know, being chill and everything like that. They came back for a little bit. And then, you know, the pandemic kind of took place and everything like that. So it's been a simultaneously, like, big year, but also, like, not as busy as it could have been. Right. And not as busy, like, in big ways. So there were tons of little small things that happened. Mm -hmm. And there's no way we could talk about or touch on all of the things Um, all of the little things. So having those like big moments, 
be condensed or like be a little bit less, then um, that gives us opportunity to be able to come back this way and be able to touch on a lot of those points. Exactly. And so I guess we'll get started. And the very first thing that we should just get out of the way (laughs) that I've been wanting to talk about for like a year (laughs) is chicken noodle soup, chicken noodle soup, chicken noodle soup with a soda on the side. (laughs) Did we not talk about this? Like, I feel like we did talk about this. You know what? We could have. I don't know. I know that I was like really wanting to talk about it so long. So it's possible we did or didn't. I don't really have much to say about it actually after a year. But (laughs) what I did want to mention is like a couple of things is one. So just in case you don't know, J-Hope about a year ago released a solo song called Chicken Noodle Soup, which was a remake of a song from like, I don't know, like 2005 or something, something like that. I don't know. Um. I don't have the facts here with me. <laughs> so Google it. Um, but... Wait, I am Googling it. 2006. You were very close. Ooh, okay. Yes. Get it, me. All right. Um, how old would he have been then? Because he was born, what, 94? He was born in 94. So, yeah, he would have been like 11, 11 12. 12. Yeah. That's weird. Okay, anyway. <laughs> so, um, anyway, chicken noodle soup. So, I, he came out with it. I loved the video and stuff. And so you have to, you have to understand that I am <laughs> OT7. I love them all in different ways. And, you know, that's another podcast too, of like the ways in which we love BTS individually. Um, and I think if you're new and coming into being ARMY, you might have some people that stand out to you like initially, right? Or some people that you're really like, oh, you know, you really focus on and catch your attention right away. But over time, you kind of learn about all of them. And maybe some of the people you didn't notice right away become like so noticeable and whatever. And I think that J-Hope was kind of in some ways that for me, you know. Um, And so when this song came out, it just really hit me. And I was just like, I love this song. And I still love it. I use it for like some of my like ringtones and stuff like that. But the reason I wanted to mention it on this podcast was that like, I feel like even though I love OT7 and they all have their own like solo projects, I feel like of them. And if they were to ever do like break off and be like solo after BTS, like in the very, very distant future, you know, after the seven year contract and then seven years after that too. um, I feel like J-Hope is the one that I would probably follow the most musically as a solo artist Basically, it hit me as I was thinking about this that he kind of gives me Justin Timberlake vibes. He really does. And like, especially in this video and just how he moves and dances and he would probably be the most like interesting because he would have, I feel like he would have more music videos. Like he would be the most visual, Um, like V and Jungkook, they will have great like vocal albums, but I don't think they'll have like the, the videos and, and that kind of stuff to go with it. Maybe Jungkook might, but I think his solo career might be more like acoustic-y or whatever. Um, And Tay is just going to be this like jazz person who knows I'm I'm really excited for his um solo album which hopefully will be coming out soon but yeah I feel like with J-Hope 
he would have a he has a lot more range with what he can do with a solo career with like the dancing because he has so much background um and with like collaborating with people and um yeah and you like we everyone knows Mike Drop is your favorite one of your favorites <laughs> so um I can see you definitely like following his career well and it surprised me too because like I you know tend to like at least initially go like to other, you know, members of BTS, even though I love them all, like, let's be real. Um, but it hit me that he just personifies, I think the totality, the, the most totality of like what BTS is as an individual artist more so than I think the other ones, like, again, like you said, the other ones, I feel like do certain other things really, really well. And obviously they come together like Avengers Assemble and are the greatest like super group on the face of the planet. But when I really thought about it, I was like, I think for like the type of music that I tend to like, like that kind of, you know, 90s, 2000s mainstream pop feel with, you know, a little funk and soul. (laughs) I feel like he can light it up like dynamite. No, um... (laughs) But so that just hit me and I didn't really see it before, like that song, that song. Yeah. And um, yeah. So, again, I'm all for them together. Don't get it twisted. I will always stand BTS together more than anything. But yeah, like J-Hope, I think, has got what I tend to lean towards more as an individual artist than like some of the other guys, their individual pursuits. And the other thing I wanted to say well, I forgot, so. <laughs> okay. Well, no, I just think that's interesting. I'm pretty sure we did talk about it because the song came out in, like, September last year, and we did two episodes in October. But we were talking about, like, coming back later in other episodes if we needed content and, like, revisiting some of our thoughts. And this is a totally new thought. Like, I know how much you loved the song when it came out, but I feel like it was just like the hype of it and like the dancing and like, so hearing your views now, like a year after it has come out and that like what you realized about it, that's really interesting. Oh, thank you very much. And I remember what I was going to say. It was just (laughs) that like, also just that it makes sense too, because J-Hope, I think more than any of the other members of the group was, it has been influenced by NSYNC. Like he's Mm -hmm. mentioned them multiple times And so it only makes sense because I've mentioned this in a lot of episodes as well, but, you know, NSYNC was my favorite group until I heard about BTS, let's be real, even if they were in their heyday 20 freaking years (laughs) ago. Oh my gosh. Um, Wow. You know, Namjoon was having that burger 10 years after that. (laughs) So that is crazy. But okay, so I finally got chicken noodle soup out of my system. Yeah, it was out of my system a long time ago. <laughs> let's be let's be real. <laughs> Just for the record, Molly was never like that was never her like sound or kind of like thing from the beginning. It's okay. I mean, it wasn't my favorite. I like I like the video. I like watching the video. Um, but when it comes on my playlist, I'm just like, eh, like, all right. Chicken noodle soup. I don't know. It wasn't my wasn't my jam, but that's the good thing about music and that I like I love J Hope's other solo albums. Like Hope World is one of my favorite albums. And um I look forward to his other 
solo albums in the future. Um, and I love him overall as a performer and person and whatever. So, yeah. And that's a wonderful thing about BTS. I mean, I'm sure everyone listening knows that. Like, I'm sorry, no one can say anything about like not liking BTS because how could you? They cover so many t- different types of music and sounds that like there's got to be at least one, but probably at least 20 um, songs that you love from them. So that's why their fan base is so diverse because they make music that really can speak to all kinds of like tastes and everything like that. And I mean, I definitely just like kind of love all of it. And I know that you like and love all of it too, for the most part, but even within that, like there's something for everyone. So you can't tell me like, Oh, I don't really like them. Like, have you heard them? Do you have ears? (laughs) Okay. Okay, Let's move on. Because we spent a lot of time on chicken noodles. (laughs) (laughs) What did you want to talk about that? We didn't get to cover like one topic that we didn't. Well, I wanted to talk about um, their New Year's Eve performance. So when we were trying to decide um, what we wanted to talk about over the last year, I had to go back and like look at some of my pictures that I had saved to see what even all happened. Um, so much happens. And I had totally forgotten they were in the States for New Year's Eve. I was in Korea and they were in the States on New Year's. And they performed on New Year's Rock and Eve, which like, you know, a lot of our listeners are in our age range. So when it was like in its heyday, Dick Clark's New Year's Rock and Eve and any Friends fans out there, um, you remember Ross and Monica on Dick Clark's New Year's Rock and Eve um, in the 90s and 1999. Oh, we were just talking about Y2K. It's just something that's been like in my life that has always been like a normal thing in my life and something our family's always watched on New Year's. It's like, that's the channel you go to on New Year's Eve if you're not out somewhere. And like when I was a kid growing up, we always watched New Year's Rock and Eve and they got to perform on it. And that was just a big, a big thing for me. Um, And it was weird because it it was like in the middle of the day for me (laughs) in Korea when they were on. So, like, I was celebrating. I had already had New Year's Eve, and it was, twelve. it was, like, 2 p.m. on New Year's Day for me when they were performing. So, it was very interesting. But I think it was, it was noon, because they went on, like, before midnight. But, so, I got to kind of celebrate New Year's twice, and um, I just thought that was really cool for them And I hope they realize like how big of a deal that was. And I think they do. Um, There are a couple of videos that, you know, they shot of themselves and like um, Yoongi had a video. It's one of my favorites of him um, as they're counting down like New Year's. And he just looks like so ecstatic. And you can see it's like pure joy on his face um, that they're there and that they're in New York. Isn't it like the cutest thing? Like, uh, I loved that video. I just wanted to say. Yeah, and I just really, really hope they all realize how big of a deal that is. And, like, especially for their older fans who have been watching this program, you know, since we can remember. Um, Because I think that's sometimes where 
you can get like your lines crossed, not your lines crossed, but like where some things they might not realize that it's that big of a deal. They're just like, oh, we got booked on this show or, oh, we're performing here. And that's like one of the cultural differences, I think. And so I just hope they really know like how big of a thing that that was and to be performing there and in New York on New Year's on New Year's Rock and Eve and um that was just a special thing for me yeah I mean totally echo what you're saying I mean it's a big big deal not only for like them and the people who are out there but like you said that's like one of the biggest stages in you know the United States I mean there's a few things that are like on that level or just above and you know like the Super Bowl obviously is Mm-hmm. want a, a bigger event and everything but it's not just that they perform there but like they perform like main stage main like broadcast because sometimes I think I think in 2017 and I didn't get to watch this because I wasn't even though I was just starting to know about them I didn't like know that they were on it they performed like the pre-recorded uh performance in the Hollywood in Hollywood for it mm-hmm. and so it's like one of the ones that they play kind of like earlier in the broadcast and stuff but they played like main broadcast timing like the same timing that you know the year before like the year before that Mariah Carey had her like famous at least in America like famous <laughs> lipstick sinking like disaster and um or she was live but it, it didn't go well um and so like yeah like I I feel like at least RM knew and you know he's a big friends fan as we know right um and he said it reminded him of home alone as well um home alone 2 and stuff like that so i guess they've like seen it but like you said they may not know like just how much of like a cultural thing like that is new year's for us here that Mm -hmm. is what it is for us like that is like what we think of so yeah i i thought that was such a great accomplishment for them and i was so proud of them and they were so cute and funny and exactly themselves and um, we also got to finally see the Make It Right choreography, which was <laughs> something else. <laughs> lots of shoulders going on. So there you go. So speaking of like performances, um, one thing I did want to kind of mention was a couple of their award show performances. And two that come to mind, and we can discuss these however you want to, but I was thinking of their Mama 2019 performance, in particular, like, their, like, 40-minute concert that they gave. Also, them performing at the freaking, I keep saying freaking this episode, but at the freaking Grammys. <laughs> like, I I didn't forget about any of these things, but, like, there's just so much. I feel like there was a lot at the end of the year last year that happened in the beginning of the year. So like before pre-pandemic, um, like all of this stuff happened. The mama performance was ridiculous. Yeah, it was like 40, yeah, 40 minutes long. And all the other performances were like 10 minutes, <laughs> five minutes. And then <laughs> BTS has this like 40 minute like mini concert set. And the thing is, like, they're full-blown productions. Like, these aren't just little, like, tiny things that they're doing. Like, they have dancers and, like, I don't know. We've talked about this before in other award show performances, like, where they have, like, a 100 backup dancers and they have, like, all of these things going on and, like, live animals and all of this. It's, like, a huge production. Um, 
that's something like they never disappoint when they perform. It's always done very well and professional and big and it's exciting. And I mean, for me, this performance, and if you guys haven't seen this or what we're referring to, I'll try to get a link to this particular performance. It to me is their best performance to date. Like Mm -hmm. It blew my mind. And that's really hard to do with BTS because they always do. So when I watch this performance, for me, it's like, how, how are they doing this? How are they raising the bar? Like when I tell you 40 minutes. So whenever they perform here in America, I'm always hoping that they'll do performances like the ones they do on Mama, which are just these elaborate, oh my gosh, like you want to talk about no one else can get close or do remotely what BTS can do. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But I feel like they really have to like simplify it and make it like the most, like, I don't want to say basic because they're never basic. You know what I mean? But like for them, the most basic version of like their performances for America. And that's a whole thing we could get into in a different episode, because I think that has to do with like budgets and Mm -hmm. what they'll allow them to do and blah, blah, blah. But they're allowed to like have way more creative license and liberty in, you know, at award shows like, you know, Mama. And they, was it Mama or the MMAs? I don't know. It's one of the two. They kind of come on around the same time. So it was like within a few days of each other. But either way, I'm talking about their 40 minute performance. I'll link it in the show notes. And basically it was just amazing not only did it showcase all of the guys individually in like a really crazy great way and their artistic talents and like jungkook jungkook like dancing in the rain oh um but sorry but um when they came together and dionysus like again Honestly, we probably could do, we could have done like an episode on this, but it's incredible. And I feel like every army should see this performance because it's just them being spectacular. And my jaw was dropping as I watched it. It was just like more and more and more. And, you know, they performed Persona for the first time, like RM did. And Jimin was doing like ribbon dancing. (laughs) I don't know what to call it. It was just like incredible. And that's like going to be a standout performance for me for like probably the rest of my life. And to be honest, like of their live performances that are like, not like full on like concerts or anything, the mama and, you know, Asian award shows are like my favorite performances from them. Like in general, like I just love them. So we'll get our facts right. It was the MMAs. Yeah, okay. I was like, as I was saying, I was like, actually, I think I remember seeing a green logo that was like MMA, actually. So, so MMA awards. Sorry. But it's like Mama, MMA, they're all this, like, <laughs> they need to change one of those names. <laughs> um, but as you said, like, how can they keep getting better? And we saw them live and the MMA performances were just like out of this world. And I was in Korea not far from where they performed (laughs) when they (laughs) did this. And I wish I could have gotten tickets to it. Um, It would have, I can't even imagine have having been there to witness that live. 
Yeah. I mean, I can't imagine either. And you know, what's so funny about that when you say like being so close yet so far away, you know, I think after we went to those like six or so shows (laughs) during the summer, which was really expensive, like you kind of have to like really prioritize like the rest of your life after that. And I had like another situation kind of like that here where they were going to be at like, I think it was the our iHeart Radio performance in Southern California. And I was really like on the fence about whether I should go or not. And I ended up not going, but there was a part of me that kind of felt the same way that you kind of did, which was, was like, wow, like I could go and I could see them. They're like so close. They're not going to do like a full concert. So is it worth it? And it's only going to be a certain amount of minutes, but maybe I should go, you know? And like, that's like, hard it's good to have these choices and possibilities and availability and stuff but it's also hard little did i know that was going to be their last performance live in america for a while but i know anyway, well, i mean you never know you never know i'm still okay with it i mean really when you get so many concerts under the belt like we did i have memories for the rest of my life yes. so i'm just grateful i even got to see them live once let alone the amount of times that i did and hopefully you know i can in the future too but like my biggest thing was like i just don't want to like and i hope this doesn't sound like really actually inconsiderate for people who haven't gone to see them yet but i just wanted to be like basically it was important to me that in my lifetime to like see them. And I didn't even know if it was going to be that soon. We didn't know that they were going to go on tour, you know, or anything like that. And so if you do have the opportunity, like in the future to see BTS and you're on the fence about whether or not you should do it, if you can, you definitely should even just to go once to hold on to those memories, to be amongst a bunch of other armies and they put on a show like no other. And, you know, I think it's going to be one of those things that like, you know, 20, 30 years from now, people even further will look back and be like, you know, what was it like at that BTS concert? Or I wish I could have seen them live or like, you know, so yeah, if you have a chance, do it, of course. Agreed. Another performance that super stood out to me, maybe for different reasons, but um, was their Grammy performance. Yeah, we have an entire episode on our thoughts on BTS and Grammys. It was just a big deal for them also to be able to perform at the Grammys. And I know that especially Yoongi knew the importance of that. And that's something that they can relate to because it's music industry related and something that they aspire to do is to win a Grammy. So for them to be able to perform on the Grammys, even though they weren't um, nominated as musicians, that's a huge thing. Um, And yeah, even though it was a collaboration for them to collaborate with people like little Nas X and for them um, that just opens them up to a whole new audience. I feel like now they're exposed to an even wider range of people. Yeah. And so for me, I know that there are some people who were maybe like upset or disappointed that BTS wasn't performing full out their own stage that they were, you know, with someone else. But I took it as more of like, this is awesome. First of all, like they didn't have to like be asked to perform, you know, because RM had done um, a collaboration with Little Nas X for um, Old Town Road. So Little Nas X was performing. So I thought it was like really awesome for him to like 
bring them on. And I know that anyone who's an army who like loves BTS knows how much they're like snubbed or overlooked or not really considered in the industry. And I just thought it was really cool that he was like, out of all the people I've collaborated with for this song, I want BTS to be with me on stage. And he got to be there for like a historic he got to create actually a historic moment for them, which is performing on the stage. And as we said, we have a whole episode talking about them just attending the Grammys and how big of a deal that was. And so for me, I definitely saw this as steps. I'm like, they're getting more and more acknowledged. They're being more and more accepted into the industry. And as like the musicians and the artists that they are, we'll probably discuss this more in the future regarding dynamite and everything. So I don't want to get too much into it, but in terms of like just seeing them there and with, you know, American heavy hitters and on the biggest stage of music here in the United States. And, you know, I don't, I don't know the impact of that globally, but I'm guessing it's maybe pretty big globally too, at least receiving an award, you know, of that caliber. That was just like such a milestone moment as an army. And they looked great, too. Um, I don't remember much, you know, there's such a blur since it was feels like so long ago. But I do remember, like, feeling like RM really stood out in his looks here, like, with his, like, kind of, like, cool mullet and his, like, you know, sunglasses and everything like that. They all looked so great. And I played their little parts of the performance, like, over and over again. <laughs> So this one was a little weird for me because I was in Korea, as you know, and so the timing was off and I wasn't able to like watch it at the right time. And so it was it was a little different for me. But yeah, they just looked like really cool. They yeah. So oh, because they were they were um yeah, they had like their tuxedos and everything. Oh, no, that was last year. Sorry. I know I'm like confusing them too I'm like wait which one was it either wait. way like hang on I don't even know what's what year is it <laughs> well the thing I don't it, know what year it is right now it's a blur it's because 2020 like, right yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the thing is is that like that happened right before all of like everything happened so I feel like it's one of those things that's kind of like forgotten it is so weird to think that even I feel like even the comeback was kind of forgotten Mm -hmm. not like a hundred percent forgotten but it's just like it wasn't a normal comeback for BTS and so everyone just kind of like I don't know, we were so excited for it and all these performances, like they were in the US for so long and doing all these like promotions and everything. And then all of a sudden this happened, this pandemic happens and it's just like, what did the world come to? And it's just been, it really has been a weird year for everybody. For everyone, including BTS and you know, I guess we can kind of like go into that because I know one of the things that we wanted to discuss is that like whole comeback in that it's almost like the lost era. What you said about like their performances, like I feel like at the beginning of 2020, just like the rest of the world, like BTS had like a lot of goals and this like really dedicated like mindset. Whenever I watch the video on, which we can get into that too, but whenever I watch it, 
I feel that energy that they had, which at that time was this really fierce, like, we're going to get whatever we want energy. Like, we're going for it. And I feel like they had everything set up to, like, they're like, we are going to, like, really target everything we're doing. We're going to really expand globally. We're getting it. And I just, like, in my head right now, it's like I have a GIF playing. And it's just Jungkook, like, just getting it at the end of that video, like, you know, after the end of the dance break, and it's just him being like just ferocious. And like, that was like the energy they started off with. And, you mm-hmm. know, they put so much money, so much time, energy, thought, you know, and they had been building up to this too. And then to just have everything like, you know, stopping stop in its tracks is crazy. And it kind of reminds me of like, if you've ever seen like, like a documentary or something, it's like, I'm going to throw Detroit under the bus. Sorry, Detroit, you know much love you know I lived in Michigan for a lot of years so this is no hate but it's kind of like you see like these like things about how Detroit used to be the Paris of the Midwest you know way back in the day and it was like you know an industrial hub of a lot of innovation of America right and so they have like all these images from that and then it's like all of a sudden like a shot of like Detroit and it's like abandoned buildings and like it's kind of like oh what happened like why is this like they're there are parts of this that are like a ghost town. And I feel like that's kind of like what the, you know, map of the soul seven comeback was. It was just like bustling, bustling, bustling. Let's go. Let's get it. Oh. Yes. They had all of these promotions. Like this was like one of their biggest U S heavily promoted in the U S and they were on Fallon. They were on corporal karaoke. They had like all these prime time spots, like, and they weren't just like the musical guests on Fallon. Like they did a takeover. Like it was the whole show. Um, having seven people on corporal karaoke, like that's never been done. So like all these things they were doing, everything had that on energy and with the manifesto video and they were working with like, um, was it the UCLA band? Um, that they did the manifesto video with, or, or was uh, it USC? No, oh, you mean for like the on manifesto? Yeah, yeah. So it actually was with this group called the Lab, which they actually J Hope worked with with Chicken Noodle Soup, <laughs> Chicken Noodle Soup. No, those were but, the dancers though, but oh, the the, the, yeah. the band. The band was UCLA. UCLA, yeah. So they're working with like major dance companies in the in the US and um, major university marching bands, which in college football arena, if you don't know, like that's a big thing. Like the college marching bands are like a real are still a really big thing. Um and having like that the UCLA drumline and working um there's video on YouTube of like the behind the scenes of that. And they're working with like the band directors and like all of this stuff. And not only money, but all the time that not just BTS, but like everyone else put into it as well. Um, And it really was like this whole like building up energy, this big like fireball. And then all of a sudden it's gone. (laughs) Yeah. Like they were, you guys, like we didn't get to record during that time, but I felt it as it was happening. Like, I was like, they're about to explode. Like, mm-hmm. they they are about to explode. And I could tell that they were campaigning for Grammys and, you know, and everything like that. And I felt like it might be finally their time to be kind of, like, you know, accepted. And, you know, yeah, like, it's just crazy. So I know for them, 
or maybe I can even just explain for me, like, I do want to kind of talk a little bit about like the, the actual like music and what was happening. But for me, in hindsight, looking back, I actually feel like I kind of distanced myself from the that music and everything. And I think it's just a reaction of like a lot of like, unmet I don't know dreams (laughs) I don't know what the word is but like a lot of like disappointment unfortunately and not in BTS but just in like the circumstances surrounding it and I almost feel like BTS feels the same way in the sense of like I feel like they're just like we want to move on and move forward we know what we had planned but they they were going through quarantine too and I know it was like so hard for them because, like, they had to do this, come back with, you know, they, have they even still, they haven't even performed on yet, out of a crowd yet. No, because during all of the, um, so they came back to Korea, um, kind of amidst everything, and they they promoted on and whatever, and then did the comeback promotions in the U.S., and then they came back to Korea, like, right when the pandemic was going on, and they had to do all of their comeback shows to staff, basically, like, to Cameron Cruise. Like, there were no audiences. ARMY couldn't be in the audience. So they, they haven't performed Black Swan. They haven't performed on, like, actual, like, in front of crowds. They haven't performed a lot of these things in front of army. So they've been away from having actual audiences since what, like February. Um, So I can only imagine what they've been going through, like as artists and performers, when that's where they get their energy from. And that's where, you know, why they do this. Uh, Obviously they love music, but they do it because they know it makes a difference for people. And then not to be able to perform these things and especially all the time and effort they put into writing the music and um overall like I love this album I love all the songs on this album and it was even different for me being in Korea too because the promotions and stuff like I wasn't able um I would have been able to like apply to go to some of these comeback shows and like be able to be and actually it's easier for foreigners to get into those um they want to have those foreigners like for on-air stuff so if things would have been normal I probably would have been able to see one of these like comeback shows live um but I wasn't able to do that and they weren't able to perform for people. So it was just a really weird time and weird comeback. And you're right. I think people have kind of just like not forgotten about it, but just put it kind of on the back burner. It's like, okay, like, yeah, this happened and the music's great, but let's move on. Like they already have another comeback planned and I don't know. Everybody just kind of wants to forget 2020, 2020 happened. Yeah. So. Themselves included. Like for me, I was like, you know, when I said I'm like a little bit distant from like this music and this, that, that album, like, I feel like BT, like I said, I don't know that this is the case, but I feel like they kind of are too, because I can imagine that for them, it re- represents kind of like some pain and disappointment and loss because as you touched on, like, I feel like I feel like this with BTS I feel like them making music is for us as ARMY but Mm -hmm. 
performing is kind of for them and for it's them. our way of army to like kind of give back to them like they get to see us they get to know that it's real it's tangible like that's how they get their fuel to keep going it's like a transactional sort of thing we get their music we love their music we internalize their music and they get to kind of see the results of that kind of reflected back at them that it matters by being with us we talk all the time on this podcast about our connection with them and like this weird relationship that we have as army and you know you can see it even through their promotions now with like dynamite and stuff too of them being like we miss you we love you like you know we're, we want to see you as soon as possible and I don't doubt that at all because you know right as on was happening too not only did they get shut down in terms of like being able to perform in front of army for comeback shows and everything like that they were about to embark on you know a, a tour a tour that was going to be 38 concerts in 18 cities across like so many countries they were finally going to do like a really big full-blown stadium tour here in the united states which is also what's painful about it not only because like they didn't get to do the shows that they had planned and here in California, they were going to do like five shows and I was planning on going to five <laughs> shows again. And I never got to say this for the podcast, but we also have an episode about this, about buying tickets for the Speak Yourself, Love Yourself tour or Love Yourself, Speak Yourself tour. But I got like sweet tickets to this show. Like Molly. I know this is the one thing that I'm happy about because, <laughs> because I was living in Korea and if you guys, so the ticket buying process last year, you, please listen to that episode because it's actually really funny and it's a really good episode and just like shows the stress behind it. But like this year with the new army membership that they put out, it was so much easier and all my friends in the States got really, really good tickets. I was living in Korea and because of the army membership and actually, so in the States, we do our first name, middle name, last name, right? So you, that's the order that we put it in. In Asia, it's flipped. So your surname goes first. Um, most people don't really have a middle name, so it's just kind of weird. Um, I don't know. So how they do the format. So when I signed up for my army membership, my name was different on my army membership than it was on my alien resident card in Korea because they put my last name first. So when I went to try to get tickets to the concert they were having in Korea, I wasn't able to get them because my name did not match. And so I was living in Korea. The tickets were so cheap. Like I could have gone to a hundred concerts for how cheap the tickets were. And I wasn't able to get them. Like, I was almost in tears. Plus, I was at work when it all happened. So, like, the time difference when I lived in the States worked for me. But, like, everything happened at, like, 6 p.m. Korea Standard Time. I worked at a private school. And so it was after school hours. So I was always at work <laughs> when all of this stuff was going on. And my co-teacher was like trying to help me get tickets and my Korean co-teacher. And like, I had all of this support trying to get these tickets and I couldn't. And so that was a big, like, 
sigh of not re- really relief. I was so happy for all of my friends um, in the States, but I was also kind of sad that I wasn't going to be able to experience it with you guys. Cause that was like a big thing when we went to the speak yourself tour is that we got to meet up with listeners. Like we got to go together. Um, and then pretty much all of us would have been separated for this tour. Like I would have been in Korea. Um, I don't think any of our other friends were going to California. So it would have been you and your boyfriend. Um, and then I think one of our other friends you were maybe going to meet up with at one of the shows. Um, but we weren't really all going to be together. So it was going to be, even then it was going to be a totally different experience. Yeah. <laughs> I to- like, I, I was sad about that part and I know that they were coming to Texas. So I was just like, Oh, this sucks that Molly mm-hmm. won't be around to be in Texas. But what sucks even more <laughs> is that my like second row and third row extended stage tickets just may never be a thing a thing yeah you know that's kind of like a once in a lifetime get because you know when you're trying to get these tickets it really is chance and when you get in you just really don't know what you're going to get what's going to be available how early are you in there and stuff and so it just like we were just like flabbergasted at like what we were able to get for the shows and I was just like oh my gosh because it's my dream you know my first dream was just to see them in concert my next dream because I'm so short (laughs) (laughs) and I bought I also bought uh, well I bought some taller shoes you know too but because I'm so short it was my dream to like be closer, closer so I could actually like see them and just to be up that close and just to have that experience. I think any army says that if you see or feels that way, if you see any of their like fan cams and vlogs and stuff like people's vlogs on um, YouTube, you're like, oh, wow, I wish I could be in those first few rows where they can actually like see me and I can see them and I can look them in the eye and everything like that. And like, that's obviously a dream come true. And so the fact that we got those, I was like, oh, my gosh. But you know, 2020. <laughs> but, you know, I, I'm still grateful I even got to see them once. So, you know, it is what it is. But but hopefully, like, you have the experience with that ticket buying process. And now we kind of see how it was going to go because it was new compared yeah. to the previous year. So, you know, hopefully this next year they'll be able to do another tour and you're experienced with it and we see how it works this time and then they know that it works well um and then you know we'll be able to all go together at least maybe and then we'll still get those good seats because you are the luckiest you're the one that got for the speak yourself tour that got all of our good seats too yeah, I don't know what's going on. I just hope that it happens again, you know, for all the patients and stuff. Um, I need to look, you know, five other members in the eyes. <laughs> and Sugar, um, I still remember screaming so loud at like a quiet point in the New York concert. That was so funny. And then he looked my way and I'm like, he that did. Be all I ever get in my lifetime, but I'm going to remember it forever. <laughs> He couldn't see me, obviously. I'm short and, you know. <laughs> Maybe he saw no your way. boyfriend because. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> he might, re- they might recognize him and be like, hey, that guy. Is that guy, yeah. He's been to our shows before and I'd be like, look, they remember me. They're like, no, it's not you. It's him. <laughs> that would be um, so <laughs> No. <laughs> well, maybe in the future we'll kind of have a lost era, lost episode or something like that where we kind of talk a little bit more about that. 
um, in any songs. I, I would say, like, I have to put it on record. My favorite song listening to Map of the Soul 7 was Uh. <laughs> uh is, is like the best song. I know. I want to see it live. Yes. That's the biggest thing is like all army, at least American armies were like online being like, that is the song we're all <laughs> waiting for to see on tour, to see live. <laughs> it. I, I don't know if I can pick my favorite. Um, Actually, Louder Than Bombs. See, we have like such a totally different like listening style. Um, <laughs> Louder Than Bombs is one of my favorite. Every time it comes on, I don't know. It just like resonates with me, the lyrics and the beat and everything. Um, But really On is one of my favorites too, just because it has, I'm a very visual person. So when we have the music videos to go with it and just mm-hmm. like all the explanation of the song and like, it just gives a lot of power and it's very, um, I feel like we need that still like in this time right now, like we need to get that energy back. I feel like a lot of people have just gotten like disheartened and kind of like, Oh, when is this ever, Oh, <laughs> like when is this ever, <laughs> ever going to end and like go back to normal. So people need that like on energy and be like, all right, let's get this. Like, let's just deal with, the world as it is now and like do the best that we can and um you know we just kind of need that on energy justice for on right because yes that manifesto i'm not talking about um oh i guess that would have been black swan anyway but that manifesto versus like the official quote-unquote official video okay Mm -hmm. it's not quote-unquote but to me it's quote-unquote because on is the manifesto is my official video Mm -hmm. that video i love so much and i besides my drop I would say that's probably my favorite BTS video and the reason for that is like it's just so focused on them you know mm-hmm. it's like a very pure video and like performance based and like I said the energy that they're able to transmit through the screen that you you feel it you feel how they're coming for this era and they all look fantastic Oh, just like their fashion and their energy and Jungkook, like it's just that was his era. I feel like that was like mm-hmm. he was like, I'm here, I'm ready. Whereas like I feel like Dynamite right now is like a very V era. V we'll J Hope for sure. Yeah, we'll get into that in another episode since that's current stuff. I totally agree with you. I love On and I'll probably talk about this a little bit later in the future because those songs are gonna come back up again and everything but yeah on and uh stood out and obviously we are bulletproof and actually as we're speaking about this i think maybe that is a iou podcast maybe in the future or something (laughs) i was just about to say um when we did our map of the soul persona album review we were like oh this is like two and a half hours long no one's gonna listen to this and a lot of you really enjoyed it. So I think we should do a Map of the Soul 7 album review for a future podcast. Um, and I do like The Lost Era for a title for that because I really do feel like it was that. And it didn't, I don't know, it just didn't get a lot of hype and talk and discussion or as much as um, it should have. So that's something to look forward to. I feel like they always say that in their interviews. So like, you can look forward to this. And it's just so cute because like that phrasing, well, I'm sure is maybe very common in Korean is like mm-hmm. not here in the United mm-hmm. States. 
So we're telling you, the listeners of this podcast, you can look forward to maybe that being an episode. So we talked about kind of like end of 2019, early 2020. Then we talked about Mott's 7. But the one thing that I wanted to mention, just in terms of like history and stuff like that, is that like, you know, there's a lot going on in the world. There's a pandemic. And here in the United States, there's a lot of, like, things going on culturally, societally, politically, and stuff. And I'm not going to get into all, like, the details. But one thing that BTS did do is um, they did, you know, speak out about Black Lives Matter. And they actually made a public statement about that, which was actually a pretty big deal because, you know, anytime I think any sort of celebrity gets involved with things that are like beyond music, that's really risky. But BTS in general is about like social causes and they've donated a lot to them as well as made music about that in terms of like things in Korea, being youth, their point of view, um, their UNICEF project and everything. And I think with them having such links to like black culture in terms of like their music and their roots, I think it was something that meant a lot to armies um, around the world, especially American armies and especially black American armies that they kind of like spoke out and like, you know, said this because they do such cross-cultural global work. So it was really cool to hear that. And they ended up actually, them and Big Hit, they and Big Hit ended up donating a um, million dollars to Black Lives Matter. And then ARMY ended up matching that within 24 hours. One of the reasons I wanted to bring it up besides just like what a beautiful cause that kind of speaks to what BTS's ultimate mission is, it's just that like how everyone matters and we all matter and we're all part of ARMY no matter what, is that like ARMY too also gets involved. Like again, it's just like this relationship together. And this is not the only way that ARMY's gotten involved too. Like there's so many things when like BTS donates, ARMY will donate too. I know during like, there was something else that like they donated, um, I can't remember, but like, Army will oftentimes be so giving and really be a force for change in the world. And I know that means a lot to BTS as well, to know that like their music has impacted and motivated people to give and to be more open-minded and accepting and loving. And I just think it's just like so awesome to hear like things like that. Yeah. And we talk sometimes about how certain aspects of like, a really big fandom and something like this that's so global um, can have a lot of negativity. Um, but something that ARMY does do, and hopefully this overshadows any negative things that anyone in this fandom does, is donate. And that's a that's a huge thing because a lot of there's a lot of fandoms, a lot of people just in general that don't really care about like any social issues or um, anything outside of just like, oh, I enjoy this music. But with BTS, like they do bring people's attention to bigger issues. And so on Weverse, they just started this little like army magazine section. And one of the sections has army donation history. Um, it actually breaks up into different categories. Army has did it has donated over 20 million won, which is like two hundred thousand dollars to education, um, 16 million won to poverty, but over one billion won 
to human rights. Um, that's incredible. And, and that's- overall, yeah, and overall, it's over 2 billion won, Korean won, um, donated by ARMY over time. That's so crazy. And that's, like, so amazing, especially considering how much this BTS merchandise costs in these streets, right? <laughs> so it's like, this is above and beyond. And this is not just, like, to get something from BTS or whatever. And I remember the other thing that I was going to mention was, that, that I was forgetting was that right after like the pandemic kind of like started and they had to cancel the concerts and like Seoul and everything mm-hmm. armies from there dedicated like the cost of their tickets mm-hmm. to coronavirus and you know research and donation efforts and stuff so just things like that like they could have just pocketed that money and that's fine if you did that too I mean these are hard times you know but they're just such a giving people. And I know that we're a part of that too, but like, I'm I'm just like really inspired by army all the time and how much they kind of have this like heart of purity. And that's not how every fandom is. I've been a part of other fan groups and they're definitely not as oriented towards like self growth, self love, Mm -hmm. friendship, positivity, and just a purity, you know, I think there's a lot of like fighting, gossiping, and I'm sure you can find that too, but I just feel like it's not like the most salient trait of ARMY in comparison to like some other fan groups. So I'm really proud to be a part of this and I don't really associate myself with groups a lot, mm-hmm. but ARMY is something that I feel like I can like attach to my identity and feel like proud of, you know? I agree. And like when I look at these stats and like look at things like this, um, it just, it makes me even more proud because sometimes, you know, you think like, oh yeah, Army's donated, but then you see like how many different categories they've donated to and like the biggest places that they have donated are really, really important and that are meaningful, not just to like one demographic, but to people all over the world. And it just shows how global BTS is and the big impact that they have on us. And actually, as we're recording today, they actually spoke again at the UN General uh, Assembly, um, giving a positive message. And I haven't been able to watch the video yet. But, you know, them being ambassadors for the UN and like just giving these like messages of hope in this time um, just makes me really proud to be part of that and part of this like you know, just part of this group. Yeah, for sure. I guess the last thing that I wanted to mention besides that to kind of wrap it up and kind of like also maybe tease to something we may be doing in the future is, um, you know, with the quarantine and everything and the pandemic, they couldn't perform live, which I'm pretty sure that's what their plans for their festa um, this past year were going to be. And in case you don't know what that is, it's just like kind of their anniversary celebration every year in June. And um, we're pretty certain they're probably going to do a special concert for that. They've done that in the past as well. Um, but this time they kind of had to pivot and try to do something different. And the way they did that was with something called Bang Bang Con. <laughs> Bang Bang Con was really fun. I didn't, I, I didn't really know what to expect, because I was sitting in my apartment by myself. (laughs) Um, It was very, it just seemed more personal. Um, Even though we love these like big productions that they put on, it was really fun and cool to see them in like such a relaxed 
environment um because it was almost like one of those like little home concerts and then they had like little commentary in between and we got to see them interact with each other a little bit more and i feel like the big full-blown productions it's like bam 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 and then you're just like wait like what happened like it's just mm-hmm. is so stimulating and this like i could really enjoy the songs you could hear the vocals really well um and then they got they performed live songs from set the seven album that we haven't heard them perform before um so that was really fun to see yeah that was really fun to get little like teasers and like to see some of the songs you're right that we had not seen them remotely perform ever and to see new outfits and like especially at that time I think we hadn't really seen them so Bang Bang Mm -hmm. Khan was coming after like kind of a little bit of a drought besides the like on and Black Swan performances and stuff and so that was super fun just in case you didn't know or for history's sake like they did that concert but leading up to it they did like two days of free concerts right of their old they weren't performed live, but like they're old concerts that like, if you didn't buy like the DVD at the time, like you're not going to be able to see. And they put it for free live Mm -hmm. on like YouTube as kind of like a two day concert festival thing for like fans for army. And then they had this special live stream bang, bang con, which was like a special, like not quite a full concert, but a special series of, songs and performances and costume changes and little different stages and fun reimaginings of things like boy with love like the electronic (laughs) i guess edm version and stuff like that so that was really fun and it really kind of was the precursor to something that's going to be happening in just a couple of weeks now yeah and sadly this might be the future of concerts for a little while anyways um it's It's been really interesting to see in the States too, like this is where a lot of people are doing these like at home concerts and these um, kind of like stripped down versions of concerts virtually since we can't have large groups of people um, in a room together, but they had planned on having a concert in Seoul. Um, The pandemic was getting a lot better in Korea Um, And then they had a small outbreak again, and the government kind of shut things down. Um, So we don't think they will be able to have a live audience. Um, So this is kind of where it's all going, but they were going to be doing this virtually anyway. Um, So more people all over the world would be able to stream this live full concert. So like on stage concert. So it'd be like you're watching the DVD of a of another concert, um, but it would be live. But I think what they're going to do with it is going to be pretty cool. Um, they're going to make it a little more interactive. Um, they released a raffle, raffle to be able to like be featured. So they're going to have this like LED wall. And if you win the raffle, like you'll be able, like they're going to put your face on this wall. So live so bts will be able to watch you while you're watching their concert which i still don't know how i feel about it but i applied to be on it anyway (laughs) yeah they get to see you reacting i told molly like um i'm gonna pass because for the time that it is which is gonna be 3 a.m when i'm watching the concert that i purchased i'm going to be well (laughs) i don't know if i should say exactly what i told you but (laughs) i will not be 
looking uh, the most presentable probably at that time of day. I will be in more, uh, let's say, relaxed. Now now I sound sketchy. <laughs> like I was going to be like <laughs> in my birthday suit or something. That's not what was going to be happening. But like I am going to be wearing way more comfy things that you don't want bts to see you and like it's like it, this is the you know if he remembers me he's gonna be like oh it's that girl that's that girl <laughs> she's looking real rough you know it's i don't even know that i'm gonna have the lights on and they said in their rules like if you if we cannot see you you're gonna your feed will be terminated or something so <laughs> they have to hear you too that's the thing i'm worried about and be like um i don't want them hearing me singing <laughs> like <laughs> my broken career <laughs> uh, 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 uh. <laughs> basic yeah basically so that'll be funny but i i hope you get picked i hope we get to see you during the live stream and everything like that and you know um what i'm so excited about for this show is just like we were speaking about the lost era it sounds like this is going to be their chance to finally perform and finally show Armies, maybe the show that we will never get to see live that we were going to see. That's my hope of like, okay, what were we going to see and what did you prepare for like the world tour, you know? And even if we never get to see that particular iteration live, it'll just be cool to see what it would have been and mm -hmm. to see these songs that we just have never gotten a chance to see them perform live. Yeah, because there could be some that have some like cool choreography they've been working on that we haven't even seen yet and that might end up being like some of our favorite performances, but we don't know yet. Yeah, like so I'm really excited about that. And obviously that's something we definitely want to talk about, just kind of have that fun army experience and stuff like that. So I'm really looking for I'm please look forward to this. Please I will look be forward. looking forward. <laughs> I will. Well, a lot of stuff has happened. It's been a weird year. <laughs> you lived in a whole different country. Yes. Uh, the world shut down. <laughs> yes. Um, and I just hope that everybody out there also is safe. And, you know, I know a lot of times people try to make maybe light as a way of coping with like the pandemic and everything, but obviously it's very serious and, you know, our hearts and thoughts go out to anyone like it impacted directly along with indirectly, which is at the very minimum, all of us. All of us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Including BTS, you know, but. Um, and I think that is something I also like once this happened that I kind of wished we would have been able to do the podcast is that everyone's stuck at home and they need something to do and maybe some positive or even just like fun, lighthearted things to listen to and to focus on and that I wished um, we could have been doing this. But it doesn't seem like it's going to be changing <laughs> too much in the near future. I know a lot of places are opening back up, but then we're seeing rises in those cases. So then they're closing back down. I know the UK um, has some strict measures that they're going to go back to for maybe the next six months or so and other countries going in the same direction and the U.S. just <laughs> is kind of all over the place. So hopefully we can be that light hearted spot in your day and fun part of your day that you can just listen to us talk about BTS and chat about weird stuff. And um, we're back. We're back, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And like, yeah, if you guys want to reach out to us, 
through some form of communication. And if you want to like share with us, like what BTS thing stands out to you about like this year or like this past year or anything like that, like feel free to reach out to us. We have been kind of silent on a lot of our social media stuff. Um, so there's that, but <laughs> <laughs> we actually went into like radio silence. We really missed you guys. And I just want to also put it out there, which maybe I should have said towards the beginning, like, you know, I know that we weren't recording and that can be hard, especially if you're like used to like, oh, you know, I'm enjoying this and I'm listening and I really like it. And then we went away for so long. Um, but know that you guys definitely weren't forgotten. And it's something I thought about like all the time. And in some ways, sometimes it was just like too painful for me to like get on social media and stuff. I was like, just like so sad. I understood, you know. Molly's work was like crazy and like the time difference and everything you know but it doesn't mean it's not like sad to not be able to to do this thing that we like love to do and so you were in our minds and in our hearts and everything and we're sorry that we fell out of touch and to add to that I just want to thank anyone who followed me on my personal account um I know before I moved we kind of put that out there like you can follow me on my personal account to see what I get up to in Korea and you know I'm sorry I didn't get to post as much as I wanted or do as many things as I wanted um but I'm really grateful to all of you who kept in touch that way and who commented and liked on any of my posts and um I was just really appreciative that you guys <laughs> were actually interested to see what I was doing and what I was up to. You know, I did try to post any like BTS related things that I did, but, um, you know, for you guys to like and comment on my normal everyday actions as well. I was just really grateful and thankful to you guys for that. And we, I missed you. I missed everyone. I missed Erica. I mean, we kept in touch, but it, like she said, with that time difference it was just so hard to talk to anyone back in the states like I was talking to everyone at weird times and it would only be for five or ten minutes here and there while I'm getting ready for work or getting home from work and it was just a really difficult time to keep up with anyone back home and so even amidst the pandemic I'm really happy to be back home and to be able to regularly talk to my friends and just call them on the phone and that we're in a place now where we can get back to doing this and doing something that we have really enjoyed doing. Indeed. So welcome back to the U.S. Molly. Thank and you. Welcome back listeners. Welcome back us. And we have our own lost era, I guess. <laughs> but Hopefully going forward, we light it up like dynamite. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. So, yeah, I mean, I guess, do we end it the way that we used to? Oh, my God. We're going to have to do this like five times. We do this, <laughs> we do this five times when we do it every time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I don't even know how to lead into it because it's so cheesy. It's like, so, you know, and remember, guys, why say no when you can say B, T, T. <laughs> yes, yes, that was a very breathy yes that I did, <laughs> ASMR. <laughs> <laughs>
BT. Yes. BTS. See you guys next time. <laughs> Bye. Bye.